You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone. I'm so glad to have you joining us. We're doing a conversation about getting interviewed. I'm Deborah Eckerling. I'm author of Your Goal Guide and creator of The Deb Method for Goal Setting Simplified. I, in addition to these shows that I host, I also lead pre-event planning workshops or conferences. Mm-hmm. You can't reach your goals on your own. You need your people. So I am in this constant state of bringing people together in order to elevate their knowledge about networking, but also education. And so today I've got this wonderful panel. I have Julie Fry, who comes, I believe, from the Friends of Annie Club, Annie P. Ruggles, who's got a wonderful podcast and an amazing large personality. Um, So shout out and hello to Annie and Julie. I'm just so excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. And also uh, Liz Kelly, who's been on before, who I actually know in real life, which I can't actually say about (laughs) most of my guests, because one of the, I say, gifts of the pandemic is I've met so many people from around the world who I get to bring into, well, everybody's computer screen, including mine, but Liz Kelly, founder of Goody PR, Goody Book Awards, and always has that great energy especially when it comes to getting interviewed and getting yourself in front of the right people. Lovely to have you here. And of course, we have Anastasia Lipsky, who I know through Innovation Women. And we were on, I I don't know if it was last month or the month, I think it was the month before, we were on the wonderful Bobby Carlson Friday morning Zooms. And this is how we met and came together. So I I love the topic because clearly love to talk. Um, and share information, but I also have a real gangbuster panel. And I'd love for you all to just take a minute and introduce yourself better because all I basically said is you're amazing, which you are. But uh, please share a little bit more than that. Julie, welcome. Good to have you here. Thank you so much for the invitation, Deborah. I'm really excited to have this conversation with all of you. So as Deborah mentioned, my name is Julie Fry, and the company that I found I'm the founder of is Your Expert Guest, and we specialize in placing thought leaders and mission-driven business owners on podcasts as guests. And I'm based in the Seattle, lovely Seattle, Washington area. Lovely Seattle. So you're so Liz and I could look up and wave and see you because you could just look on up, and here we are. <laughs> Where you are. Great, great to have you here. I'm looking forward to, to hearing more about you and what you do and how you help. Um, Liz, Kelly, come on down. Well, thank you, Deborah, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. This is one of my favorite topics. And I'm the founder of Goody PR, 
And our tagline is let us magnify your good. And I actually took a personality personality test at an entrepreneur course. And they came back and they said, you're a star. And I said, what is that? And they said, well, you can look good on camera, but where you really shine is making other people look good. So that's really what gets me excited. So I have Goody PR. I have a book that we'll talk about that can help you get interviewed. And then I have a book award program to shine a light on authors making a difference. So I have so many thoughts for this panel. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you, Deborah, for having me. And thank you for joining. And I feel like I should add, we were talking about this pre pre uh, going live about how this, this particular topic has evolved. Um, and Liz and I were on the phone last week and I'm like, oh, I have a slot, come join us. And really it just shows, first of all, the value of networking, but also when you get back in touch with people, you never know the conversation might lead to them being on your live show. So uh, great to see you and Anastasia, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Deborah. So glad to be part of Innovation Women with you because the Friday Zooms are just amazing. High caliber, high caliber speaker women. I started Access Speakers as a speaker agency. I, it was actually a result of the 2008 economic crash. I had uh, been in luxury tourism for many years, event planning involved in, um, you know, putting on events, booking speakers, et cetera, but never on this side. And uh, started that. And then the interesting thing was the pandemic brought about the other part of my business because I embraced the pivot word of 2020 uh, since everything came to a screeching halt and I lost my business overnight pretty much decided to take on podcast guesting for my clients, my grounded speakers. So that's become a big part of what I do as well. And I also consult with people because I love talking about speaker branding, podcast guest branding, like how to show up so that you're going to get booked. So that's uh, what I love to talk about. And I appreciate the opportunity to share my passion here. Well, it, and I think we we have a, a room full, a virtual room full of people who love to talk. And also to help other people talk better. So let, let's just start with, with the, the softball question, which is, what are the benefits of being interviewed? I mean, there are a ton. You know, there, there's the visibility. There is the you get to showcase your expertise kind of hand in hand. But I think it's, it's much more than that. So let's start with you, Julie. What is your take? What is that value? Yes. So as you mentioned, there's so many benefits to being interviewed. Um, The one that I actually consult with a lot of our new clients as they're onboarding that we spend a lot of time talking about uh, that it's an overlooked benefit is the networking component. So especially on podcasts, uh, I know that Anastasia can speak more to the the speaker side of thing, but as a podcast host, they are typically indicative of the audience that listens to their podcast. 
And so by really developing a strong relationship with that host and then nurturing it over time, you have the opportunity to add a really amazing connection to your professional network that can go on and serve you. I was on a podcast in 2014 and that one interview led to over $30,000 in revenue because she referred me to other opportunities. She became a sponsor for an event that I was hosting. So it's those types of things that you don't want to approach an interview transactionally because when you do, it comes off in your conversation and it's a huge missed opportunity. And I, while I mentioned at the top of the show, you know, one of the things that I do is I help people go to events and get those networking benefits, but also really target what they want to learn and grow from it. So I love that that you just kicked this off with one of my favorite values because you can't reach your goals on your own. And being organic in these conversations is really the thing because people can tell. Totally, 100%. So Liz, what do you think? What do you think is the best benefit of being interviewed? Well, that is such a great question. And I love what Julie said. And I think networking is really important. But I also focus on the fact that a earned media interview is three times more valuable than any paid ad. So what I mean by that is Goody PR, we actually go put people on podcasts, but we also do TV Uh, radio and major print like Fast Company, the Wall Street Journal. Uh, We've had clients on the Today Show. So when you get those types of interviews, it it adds to your credibility, but it's, it's this three times the value of any paid ad that I think a lot of people don't realize. And it's because if you have a reporter who's saying, hey, look at this company or look at this expert, they know what they're talking about, then people are going to pay attention. Versus if you post a Facebook ad, people want to just go through and and skip over the ad. So to me, that's the biggest benefit. And I'll just give you one quick example. So if you are on, let's say, Fox LA, I had somebody read my book and get on Fox LA. Uh, If the ad revenue would be $10,000 per minute, then it's $30,000 per minute. So you just multiply it times three. And the Today Show, when my client was on the Today Show, that was the biggest one. It was worth $800,000 in calculated publicity value. And that's based on a Nielsen media report. So I didn't make that up. I got a report that had that number. That's awesome. And, and I bet you were, I mean, I know you're proud. I mean, obviously that that's quite amazing. Um, Anastasia, what do you think? What is, what for you? I absolutely agree with Julie and Liz, but I would love to add the fact that I love the evergreen factor. So, so the first off, there's the whole Google juice idea, you know, the SEO, just having your name out there attached to your field, your expertise, the fact that you're a speaker or a podcast guest, whatever it might be, has a stickiness to it that will last forever more. But I also like the fact that like with podcast guesting and uh, so many other virtual interviews, they always were virtual and they always will be virtual. And as someone who experienced the pain of the shutdown more than once, 
Because if you recall, you know, we shut down and then we started to come back. And that was right before Delta, right? And then people started meeting in person again. And then that spread. And then everybody shut down, closed everything down. No more meetings again. And then we started coming back. And then Omicron comes. It's like this back and forth. And and it's hard in the speaking world to prepare, both for the people that are putting on the events and meetings, as well as the speakers that are being booked. When it comes to podcast guesting, it doesn't matter. You know, it always will be virtual. So I love that. And I love that it's evergreen in the sense that when someone discovers a show, so let's say they learn about your show on LinkedIn, okay? When they listen to your show, if they really like it, then they're going to go back and look at see what other shows there are that are in there. I mean, I myself have gone to a podcast and listened to things that happened three years hence, like or, or prior, you know, just you start going through and you see, oh, I really like this host. I like the show that I like the way it goes. And so people can be discovered. They can be heard long after the fact, which just a little tip out there. Always keep that in mind. It is evergreen. So you don't want to be talking about your event that you're, you've got coming up that's going to happen next month because someone might be hearing your interview three years after the fact. So I love that. I love the evergreen factor. And I think it serves us very well to have this, this platform that we can use for our voice and be heard eternally, really. <laughs> At least it feels that way. Thank you. Oh, it does feel that way. And I think and. and- the evergreen factor is, is really huge. And I remember, I think someone said this a couple of weeks ago. Remember when they said the shutdown would only be uh, two weeks, <laughs> two and a half or so years later. <laughs> um, so I don't even think about, I believe at the beginning, I was trying to be like vague about the time we were in because the, the show came at, it was one of the, um, it came out of, the pandemic. I've been leading the Twitter chat, wanted to expand my reach, have been thinking about doing this for a while. And then, you know, oh, everything's virtual. Perfect. Right. Um, but I think a month or two into it, when it seemed like this is the regular normal, I think this, this is the evergreen exception because the way that we do business now is the way that we're going to continue to interact in this virtual life, along with some IRL mixed in. So I am, I'm completely for the evergreen, but I think, yeah. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to take myself off that tangent and get us back on track. And what I'd love for you to cover before we get into preparation is just a quick tip from each of you about how do you get interviewed? I know that can be an entirely different conversation, but I feel like we should ask it anyway. So Liz, what is your best tip? we're getting interviewed and then we'll get into preparing for it. Well, I think my best tip for getting interviewed is that you want to come up with a wow story. And that is the first chapter of my book, eight second PR. And we spend a lot of time on that. And a wow story includes a timely hook. So while evergreen works for podcasts, it, it, it doesn't work as well for TV or uh, print or radio, if the radio's live. Um, So you want it to be timely, relevant, related to a current headline, and then it needs an emotional connection. So that emotional connection could come from 
something in your background or something that you have done to make a difference. But that's my number one tip. You need a wow story to get interviewed. And then you just send it out and cross your fingers. Well, <laughs> uh, if you want to go through the, the eight steps and eight second PR, it tells you exactly how to do it. And we can talk more about them t- those tips. But if you don't have a wow story, you don't have a timely hook, relevant and an emotional connection, it doesn't matter how many people you email, you're not going to get interviewed. So that's why I emphasize that to all the listeners. Okay. And and Anastasia, you are laughing really loudly. So we'll go to you next. (laughs) Okay. No, that was great. I so relate. Um, Okay. I would say my number one tip before I try to limit just to the one is to do your homework, due diligence, know about the show before you even offer yourself to them. I cannot tell you how bad it looks when a person reaches out to a show and it it isn't current. Okay. Maybe they stopped a year ago or six months ago, or they don't even have guests. That's really, that's a big one because people, I hear it all the time. They're people are getting offers and they're a solo show. It's like, obviously they're not listening. They are not, you know, paying attention to my show. Uh, But also because you want to get a sense for whether you're really aligned. It's not a numbers game. It's not about how many shows you can get on because if you are on the wrong show, it is not going to serve you. It's not going to serve you or that, that, that host that is going to have a subpar interview or or maybe not even air it to be completely honest. You know, if it's live, you're really risky here. So thank you for taking a chance on us. But with, with interviews, you know, you, you do it and there's no guarantee that it's ever going to air. And then that might've wasted your time, but we need to be careful about the branding. Like, am I really aligned with this show, with their listeners, think about your avatar. Are they going to listen to this podcast? If not, you know, shake the dust off your sandals and move on. Go to a place where you're better suited because that's where you can have the most impact. But you're not going to know that if you don't do your homework. If you don't look at the show, review everything, look at their website, look at the show notes, how they how they present themselves and listen to at least one, maybe even two or a little bit of a few shows. So do your homework. Love it. So important. Uh, and every now and then I'll get a Deb. So how long is your show? <laughs> Look at my show. It's an hour. Come on. People. And, and, and yes, we do keep a list. Even if it's in our head. Uh, Julie, <laughs> what do you think? What is your best tip? Oh, Liz and Anastasia, those are great points. I love this format because we each have our unique perspective to share here. And with Liz also handling more traditional media, there is definitely a big nuance to if you're getting interviewed on podcasts versus getting interviewed for a Forbes article. So um, alongside Anastasia's point, um, one of the things that we see with our clients, sometimes even if they're TEDx speakers and very established as a thought leader in their field, there is still a little bit of anxiety of, am I expert enough to be interviewed on podcasts? And so I would speak to the mindset of, if you have paying customers, you are expert enough to be interviewed on podcasts. So some things that you can do to overcome the anxiety would be 
remember that this is just a conversation like what we are having right now. This is just a conversation among friends and new friends. Um, and it's a great opportunity to also practice your messaging because if you are being intentional about guesting on podcasts, then you're not going to just do it once and be one and done. You're going to want to set up a strategy of how often are you going to be on podcasts? So with each interview, uh, as Anastasia mentioned, you know, be intentional, align what you're talking about to what their audience cares about. What are their pain points? What keeps them up at night? And how can you marry your expertise with what they need to deliver a really great message? It's to like to tie everything in a knot of what all three of you just said is you're looking for the win-win-win situation. You want to win for the host, you want to win for yourself, and you want to win for the audience. And if you do these three things, you know, have that great story. You do your homework and you really embrace yourself as that expert with something to share, you're going to have that. So really good um, direction of the show. What I want to know next, because you just got covered a little bit of this, is what about preparing for the interview? So we want to do the research. We want to show up and know what's going to happen. But what else can be done? What do you think, Julie? So when we recommend getting ready for an interview, obviously listen to the show that you're going to be interviewed on, uh, get a sense of what's the short show format. Do they ask certain questions of every guest so that you can familiarize yourself with what your talking points are going to be? Uh, be prepared on what you are going to talk about. Don't just ramble and flow and ad lib. Uh, it's great because podcasts allow for organic conversation. And sometimes the conversation will lead you in a, a direction you would have never thought before. But if you were invited on or if you pitched yourself to talk about a certain subject, be really clear on what that topic is and how it's going to help the listeners. Have a few of your bullet points, perhaps, you know, on a sticky note on your monitor. The other thing, too, is write the host's name on a sticky note and put it on your monitor so that you don't forget who you're talking to. We've actually seen that happen before. Crazy. And then... Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I want to hear this. <laughs> Not one of my clients, on. but I've seen I've heard of people doing it. I was just talking to a woman the other day. She's like, I do so many interviews. Sometimes I forget the host name. I'm like, oh, that's terrible. It's so not in a line with what I recommend. Um, and then the other tip is you want to have a good call to action at the end of your interview. So something that's really common in the podcasting space is to have some sort of free resource that can help the audience. So whether it's uh, an ebook. So like if we were to do something after this interview, you know, like our top 10 tips on preparing for an interview. Somebody could go to the website, enter in their email address, voila, they get the PDF of that. Um, the other side of that is to just be really direct. And if your business is about like coaching or you have higher end clients, you could just invite them to, you know, if you want to visit my website and book a call, you know, get to know you call. So those are a few different things that we suggest about just getting ready, getting prepared. So do you have a sticky note with my name on your monitor? No, because yeah, I can see you name, your name. <laughs> and I knew, I knew about this. <laughs> I had to ask, you know, I had to I ask. I know, I know. It's so funny. It, it, and it's a, a great list of things. 
Uh, Anastasia, what do you have to add to that? Well, I'm going to talk more practical, tactical, and that is to have an actual like notes that you have a checklist of all the things you do right before the interview. So I, as an example, I have dogs. So I close my blinds so they can't see the squirrels. I take their collars off so you can't hear them shaking in the background. I pick up every toy that exists up off the floor. I make certain that my phone is not only turned off, but it's in another room. I shut everything down on my computer so that I can't get any notifications. I I make sure that my microphone works, my lighting works. Like I do as much as I possibly can to control the environment. Now, I can't help it. If the garbage truck comes right outside my window or my neighbors start fighting and pounding on the wall, but I will do everything humanly possible to prepare. Oh, I just look what I just got from Tom Schwab from Interview Valet. I just did an event with him. He sent these in his swag box. I literally have this on my door because Amazon's coming. So when you have deliveries and you, you you don't get to control the day usually. So I don't, I didn't know it was going to arrive today. So I got this on my door in the hopes that they're not going to go knocking and making my dog spark. So you just try to control your environment as best you can. So it's a professional recording to honor the host. I love that. And it's so detailed. And I, I love the, especially the garbage truck remark because I'm in LA and it doesn't matter when I record anything. I always have my my mouse on the ready to mute button. <laughs> right? um, very, very practical and to have the note on the door. I love that as well. So good tips, great checklist. Liz, what do you got? What do you have to add to this? Well, those were fantastic tips. And I think what I'd like to add is that it really just depends on what the format is of the interview. So if it's TV or live radio or print, it's going to be different than a podcast. But the thing that is similar is you do want to prepare. You do want to do your homework and figure out who the host is. Look them up on LinkedIn. uh, Watch a video of them. Find something personal about them. If you're on a TV show, make sure you're watching that TV show. And in advance or listen to the radio show in advance. And of course, listen to the podcast. And then if it's about print, take a look at some of their stories. What do they like to write about? Because just because it's fast company, it doesn't mean it's about your subject. So for example, I've had a couple of clients in fast company because they talk about leadership and, and work life tips that's not the same as somebody talking about finance or how to start a business. So those are very different topics. So do your homework, look at the type of uh, media that you're talking about. And then the last tip I'll just say is there is a lot of value in media training and we do media training for our clients. And that's everything from what are the talking points to what are you going to wear uh, how are you going to stay calm? There, There's a lot of different tips that I go through with every client if they've never had an interview because it's so important and, and it's different depending on whether it's TV, radio, print, or podcast. Really good points. And we have another one I want to add from Jennifer Navarrete, who's been on the show before, and she is the founder of uh, the Podcast Hosting Month. 
in November, she says, thumbtacks, moving blankets, and cloth photographer backdrops are key to good sound buffering and a good look for video. So thank you for chiming in on that, Jennifer. And if you're watching live and you have a good tip for prep, please put it in the chat or put it in the, re if you're listening to the replay, uh, we, we want to hear from you. What works for you? And as I think several of you mentioned before, you all do very similar but different things, but your perspectives are completely different from your environment, which is why I love this format because I get to bring all the cool brains together to dive deep into things. Let's see, what should I ask you next? Like, I don't know. Um, what is your favorite interview question? And I'm gonna... And if you also do interviews, you can you can do it as a two-parter. What question do you like to ask? And what question do you like to be asked? Anastasia, do you have a favorite? I bet you do. Well, I don't ask the questions because I am on the interviewing end only. Uh, if I were to be, like if I were a podcast host, as an example, and I were to ask a question, you know what? I'm going to say it'd be the same question that... I like to answer. And that is, what is your origin story? Like what happened in your life that brought you to this point? So like I have a direct path. Oh, no, not direct. Like the crookedest street, like Lombard, crazy street as to how I got to where I am. And for me, it's like, it was a God thing. Just like he, I know for me, that's my faith directed me here. And who would have ever thunk in a moment that I'd be doing what I do. And so I like that all these little pieces, these, these synchronicities, these things that happen in a person's life that comes together and brings them to that moment where they are right now, because that whole butterfly effect, that, that concept of uh, if you admit turn left instead of right, how different would it be? It's kind of neat to see where a person is. And so I, I like hearing that every time I meet someone. So I would probably ask that if it was my show. And I love it when people ask me that for their show. And do you have a short version of your origin story? Ooh, short. Let's see. Very short. Very short. I mentioned earlier, I started in tourism. So I did a lot of event planning. So I was involved in meetings, et cetera. Um, 2008. Uh, tourism crashed. Um, I walked away from a job, not knowing I'd never been unemployed. Um, and that was April of 2008. So all the companies that normally would have hired me, they're like, ah, we just laid 50 people off yesterday. So I dove into social media when it was rather new. I was in Twitter back in 2008, really involved. I'm actually in, in the book, The Twitch Hiker. Um, it was my world. I embraced that, which led me to be able to go to a social media conference in my town that I couldn't afford to go to because I was broke as a joke then because I couldn't get work and said, I, I'll, I have event management work, hire me and I'll, I'll, I'll do this for you to help you out. I ended up vetting speakers for her conference. So that ended up being that part. And then I ended up working for a sustainable farmer whose business coach said, you need to speak to grow your business. And she comes to me like, Hey, you're unemployed. <laughs> I'll pay you to book me to speak. I don't know where to begin. You know, everybody in town. And so I just started doing it. And that's where it started was just these things, this, this, the experience that got me to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. And here I am. Amazing. 
Now I'm going to let the other two answer your favorite question and just you're you're really going to guess what happens next when Liz and Julie share theirs. So uh, Liz, what is the quick origin story of you? Well, that is a great question. Thank you for asking. I think um, I think with my PR business, it goes back to 9-11. I was a stranded business traveler in New York. I had all financial services clients. Uh, it was very tense. I was there for a week, came back and get laid off three months later. So the world's ending and everybody's like, okay, what am what are we going to do? And uh, what I decided to do was write that book that I had procrastinated doing for years. And so I ended up writing a dating book and I wrote it in nine months. I made it a full-time job. I published, I got two publicists. I went to all these book marketing seminars. I probably spent a hundred thousand dollars on seminars and time in putting this book out. But, you know, P.S. It's now 14 years later. I have my own PR agency and I do it for other people. And that book, that dating book, I ended up getting 500 media interviews over five years, got an agent, got a publisher. So that's really, you know, my origin story and how I got to be where I am. But I decided enough is enough. I don't need more interviews. I want to magnify other people. So that's what I do now with Goody PR and my book and I have a podcast and the book awards. Awesome. And it really shows how one little or one big thing can change the course of your life. So Julie, what's your origin story? Yes. So I, I am with you, Anastasia. I love a good origin story question. So it's even just meeting you both. And I think that we're going to have to hear your origin story too, Deborah, after this. But for me, so prior to this business, I owned a networking organization for women that are balancing motherhood and entrepreneurship. And so we did local networking events in the Seattle area. We also partnered with other women and their communities, and we hosted an annual conference. And I ran that for seven years. And by I started it when my kids were really little and in 2019, I started getting the urge to like, okay, I think this season is over. I think I'm ready to do something else. And so I put the business up for sale and the business ended up closing. So the sale closed January, 2020. (laughs) So talk about a stroke of fate there. Um, And I was thinking about what it was that I wanted to do next and took some, took some time to consider that. And one morning I was walking my dog and I was listening to a podcast because I've been a longtime listener of podcasts. Um, And I just had this sort of light bulb of one of the things that I loved about my previous business was connecting people. Um, As you know, at every one of our events, I would meet somebody new and my mental Rolodex would think about who else you need to know. I'd make the introduction. They feel great about it. I feel great. It's that triple win, win, win. So I had this thought like, I really miss connecting people. And I just had that like light bulb literally go off above my head and thought, the world is shutting down. It's March at this point. So live events are getting canceled. 
all my friends that are speakers are freaking out because their lead generation opportunities are going away. So I just thought, gosh, what about booking these speakers as guests on podcasts? And so that was how this business came to be. And so that was in April of 2020. And since then, we've booked over 1400 interviews for our clients. And um, it's been just a joy. I still like now we have four people on our team. So every time I see them make a great connection and they post in the Slack channel and our wins channel, I get that little like endorphin rush because I know that they're creating a great connection between our clients and the host. Amazing. I love that. And it really, I, I get, okay, gold stars to everybody. Yay. Go you. Um, and for me, and this isn't, I, I'm going to tell my origin story backwards. So my book came out in January, 2020. So my, and the purpose of your goal guide or a map for setting, planning and achieving your goals is to help people embrace change by choice or by circumstance. And then six weeks later, everybody got changed by <laughs> circumstance. So if you go back to where I started, which was leading, I was doing events at Barnes and Noble in Schaumburg, Illinois. And whenever I need to fill my calendar, I just hang out in the cafe. And one of the regulars came in and said, we start a writer support group. And for me, that meant, okay, what are you working on? What's your win? Um, how can we support you? And what are your goals for next time? And it was a, not only a hit, but it showed me the power of goal setting and accountability firsthand. So that was my start. And then I moved to LA, restarted the group. And over time, people would say, hey, Deb, you're good at this. Will you help me finish my book? I've been trying to write it for years. We got it done in three months. Or Deb, you're good at this. Will you speak at my event? So that's really the evolution. And then in 2008, and then it evolved from being writer support group to writers, creatives, and entrepreneurs. And then in 2018, when my main communications client was going away, I took it as a sign to fully dive into what I was meant to do, which is help people figure out what they want and how to get it. Uh, Remet an agent. Where's your book proposal? The end of 2019, I had an interest from Mango, my publisher. So think about everything that had to happen for a book to come out right before the pandemic on reframing your life. So there you go. And as a benefit, I get to bring people together to network to find cross connections and to elevate and inspire others. Okay. Julie, what is your favorite interview question? And know that you're going to have to answer it. Yes. So my favorite is actually what's your origin story, but probably a close second is how do you support your clients or how do you help your clients? And it's kind of a custom interview question for each interview, but that's the general gist of it because it gives me or whoever's being interviewed the chance to really show how they're differentiated from others that maybe do the same thing. And it really provides them the showcase to explain the process. How do they help? How do they provide that transformation? And can you answer this question in 60 seconds or less? 60 seconds or less. <laughs> so the way that we really help our clients shine is it starts with the pitch. So we have a very customized pitch for each of our clients that's really aligned with the host and what they want. It's no copy and paste templates here. Um, 
Secondly, we coach our clients on really how to prepare for a great interview, how to give a great interview, and most importantly, what to do after the interview. So um, we really strive to provide them a complete experience that lets them shine and then leads to other greater visibility opportunities down the road or possibly even leads and clients. Awesome. Love it. Uh, Anastasia, same question. How do you help your clients in 60 seconds or less? Oh, (laughs) I'm feeling the pressure of the 60 seconds. (laughs) So similar to Julie. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, Similar to it's at least we don't have like Bobby's little 15 second little blue time, blue sky timer. Um, you know what? I'm going to switch, just go in, in a different direction. So in addition to what I do with the booking part, I also do consulting. And the, the that is a huge benefit because I work with people one-on-one. I just do like a one-hour brain dump via Zoom, send them the recording. I look at their branding, how they're showing up, airplane view, LinkedIn profile, email signature, one, one sheet, their website, et cetera. And make certain that they are showing up as a speaker and or podcast guest, whatever they want to brand themselves as. So that's, you know, one of the ways that I can support my clients. I have consulting clients and I work with them one on one to help them generate influence, awareness and clients. Awesome. See, you did it. And I think that was pretty close to the minute. So yay you. And so, Liz, I know you do a lot of things. So pick your favorite. How do you help your clients? How do I help my clients? Well, I love what Anastasia and Julie just said. And I think pulling out their wow story and and different media hooks is really important because as Julie said, you want to send custom pitches depending on who's the client, who's the media reporter, rather, what is the outlet, you know, pitching the Today Show is very different from Time Magazine or uh, the Dr. Drew podcast. They're all very different. So I spent a lot of time just brainstorming. And a lot of times the uh, the clients, they can't see their own story. They can't see what is a media hook and, and how to package it. So that really is the magic because people say, well, I just want you to get me on an interview so I can talk about how cool my company is. And it's not about that. It's about how can you help this reporter's audience? And and that is flipping it to a different thought process. And so I have to work with my clients on that. And then I'm kind of the person that finds that media gold and says, what about this? And they go, oh, yeah, that's what I meant. So that's what I try to do. But that is the role of the consultant is to hear about, and and I do that too. I I do consulting and workshops and helping people figure out what they want and how to get it. And now these uh, pre-event planning workshops, helping speakers and attendees go to events and actually get ROI and ROI from it. But it really starts with what's your goal and then really digging into what is your goal Because some people, until they have that question asked of them, they don't know. Always surprises me. It surprises me when someone is surprised when I ask them what their goal is and they don't know. Anyway, Liz, what is your favorite question, interview question? 
Absolutely. Well, I am a podcast host. The podcast is called Eight Second Branding. It goes with the the book, Eight Second PR. So sometimes I ask people, what can you do in eight seconds to promote your brand? But the one I like that I've been sitting here wanting to tell you is, can you tell me uh, two fun facts about you that most people don't know? And that is is a great opener to learn something really interesting about the person. And I have had clients come out of the woodwork with with something I never heard they did. And it turns into this big pitch because they never told me. For example, one guy, he said, I started my first business at seven years old, recycling golf balls. And it's not in his book. And he never told me. I was like, that is the coolest thing. So what are two to three fun facts about you that most people don't know is my favorite? And, and when I was leading this as the Twitter chat last night, my answer was what are what's something people are surprised to learn about you? <laughs> so I love, I love the question. So what are those two facts, Liz? Well, I think a lot of people don't know that I had a dark room in my house when I was 17 years old because I was totally in love with black and white photography. And they just said, take it home with you. And, and, and then the other thing is when I was, I don't know, 10 years old, we used to do uh, puppet shows in the basement and I would direct them. And I think that's where my creativity came from because I would just make up these stories and we would act them out in the basement with the puppets. Oh, I love those. That's great. I had no idea. Um, Julie, what are, what are your two facts that those people don't know? Oh gosh, I have so many. Um, I've done the polar bear plunge for 15 years straight and I love to roller skate. <laughs> nice. Love them both. Um, Anastasia. Well, I was going to say this even before Liz mentioned the puppeting thing, because I actually did a professional puppet show that's on like you can buy on Amazon. It's just a little brief snippet. It's Skip and Molly's Eco Adventures. And I it, it was just a total fluke. And so I am in IMDb <laughs> as a professional actor, if you would call it that, uh, only through my married name. So my last name is Schuster instead of it being my my current name. But yeah, so that was a, a fun, just like random thing. And it's hard work, y'all. I just got to say, climbing up underneath equipment and trying to have your hand like this, and you are so intimately close to the other puppeteer. I had no idea, a total respect for like, the Muppets and anything along those lines. <laughs> the other thing that I would say that um, a lot of people don't know is that I actually was at the televised Elvis uh, Hawaii uh, event that he did when I was about 11 years old. I was teased uh, horribly by all my kids because mm -hmm. it wasn't cool to like Elvis when I was 11, but my mama took me and it was something that I have never forgotten to be a part of that magical night. That's amazing. Um, okay, this will lead to, I wasn't even going to say this, but I worked for many years in publishing when I lived in Chicago, and we did books for non-readers. -re and 
I worked on Best of Elvis. I was production editor, and that was one of the projects I worked on. So I, I have a new thing that people don't know about me that I'm going to add, and it's all your fault. Thank you, Anastasia. This is such a fun conversation. I would love for you all to gift a goal to our audience, something that they can do today, tonight, tomorrow, when they're done listening to get interviewed. Liz, why don't we start with you? What goal would you like to gift to our audience? So the goal would be go on a walk and think about your wow story and think about what you want to talk about that can help other people. So it's a wow story, something you do in your life that can help other people. And then write down three to five talking points about what you would share as a helpful tip with an audience. I love that you said to go on a walk and think about it. So to get away from the electronics, get away from all the noise. I love it. Thank you, Liz. And Anastasia, (laughs) what goal would you like to gift? I would like to gift all your listeners and viewers the goal of developing a relationship on LinkedIn with any host that you would like to be interviewed by. Starting with finding them on LinkedIn, click on their bell on their profile page so you can start getting notifications every time they share something or do something so that you can interact with them. You'll know that they just shared something. You go in there, you like it, you respond to it, start being visible with that host. Reach out to them to connect with them on LinkedIn. Do not do a generic, just request to connect. Instead, come in with a message and tell them, I would love to connect with you. I you know, have been listening to your podcast. I am very interested in applying. And right now I'm just learning more about you. Would you connect with me here on LinkedIn? So you start that connection right there and then with them so that you become someone that they're aware of. You're in their, in their view, if you will. And, and, and give, give to them, share things, you know, starting with LinkedIn, I could go on forever, but just start with LinkedIn connecting there. And I would say go for, as far as the goal is concerned, select everybody, do this with everybody that you have thought about so far that you want to be interviewed by, and then make a commitment that every time a new potential show comes up, you do the same thing. I love that. And I love, well, and you and I met, on the Innovation Women Zoom, and I don't know if I linked in you first or or you linked in <laughs> connected with me, but to connect with that note, not just to hit the connect button because you know they get that. But I love that I love the LinkedIn related goal because everybody really is there. They're they're out there waiting for you to connect with them. So to do that, add the value to the conversation. At what point? Do you ask them to interview you? Do you do that with a connection request or do you first start with saying, I'm a fan, let's connect? I, I don't until I'm a fan, let's connect. And then and, and sometimes I will actually ask them, what is your vetting process? Because I, I want to honor them. But, but the truth is I should already know that. It's only if I can't find it. You know, so I'll say, what is your vetting process? I've been on your site. I don't see a form you know, may I connect with you and email you information? In in my case, I'm doing it on behalf of my clients, Uh, not, not so much myself, but 
you know, either way, you, you just kind of go with how it feels. But I like to get their notice. I like to be giving to them first before I even suggest that. And I'm just going to throw out one thing also. When you are connected with someone on LinkedIn after the show is over, and I will demonstrate this for you, Deborah. I always recommend that you follow up with the host by first off going into LinkedIn because you're already connected, ideally. And doing a recommendation about them as a host so that it shows up on their profile and people that are looking at them see that they are a great host. And then I will also ask them if they would be willing to recommend me as a podcast guest. And I do that on LinkedIn because if they do give me a recommendation, I can take that recommendation I can add it to my, my website, my podcast page, you know, like whatever I want, I can use it. If someone emails you a testimonial about you being a great guest on their show, you don't get to put it on LinkedIn. So anyone coming into LinkedIn to check me out, they can see all the recommendations of podcast hosts that say that I'm, you know, I am good and that I am someone that they not only enjoyed, but that I'm, I'm a giver, you know, because I share it, blah, blah, blah. So you're, you're starting. You're starting to line things up so that you can also have this recommendation, you know, testimonial, if you will, process, but you don't really want to do it just right at the end. So connect and be be part of that, that uh, relationship, if you will, before you even do the show. I love it. And great bonus goal. I will look forward to swapping recommendations with you, Anastasia. Julie, what goal would you like to gift? to our audience. I love everything you said about uh, LinkedIn, Anastasia. That was really the first place that actually that is where I got my first client for this business is developing relationships on LinkedIn um, is so powerful. And so that piece of taking it a bit further of uh, the recommendation and also getting one in return is awesome. So because I'm call kind of all about the network and networking is my challenge for listeners and watchers is to make a list, write, write down everybody that you know who has a podcast. And it doesn't matter if they have a podcast in the area that you want to speak on or in the niche that you want to speak on. But podcasters, they go to conferences, they're part of Facebook groups, they're part of LinkedIn communities, they know each other. So my challenge would be is write a really short but very clear email saying that I'm utilizing podcast guesting as a visibility strategy. I speak on this and my audience is this. Who do you know that might have a podcast like that? And anyone that I have recommended this strategy to has always come back with possibilities for interviewing, usually within the next day. So I would start that because a warm introduction is always so much easier than building a relationship from scratch. So that's my tip. Make a list of try for 10. Oh, I love that you gave a number. And I'm, I'm writing all this in the chat. And all, if you go to thedevmethod.com slash blog, you can watch the replay and see the recap with um, some of these great tips and also these goals. Why don't you all uh, quickly tell everyone where they can find you, Julie? So I can be found at yourexpertguest.com. Easy, easy. Easy peasy. And I will also in the recap, put the links as well as the links to the LinkedIn profiles of today's guests. Awesome. Liz, where can people find you? 
Well, thank you so much for having me. And if anybody would like to find me, the best place is goody with a Y, goodypr.com. And just click on the about page and it'll have information about the book and the book awards and help us magnify your story by getting interviews or, or getting book awards, either one. And if it's not our book awards, that's okay. But you need a book award if you're an author. I I have one. <laughs> I, have my Epi. I have Yay. my independent yeah. publisher book award. Yeah, we have one. Yes. So. <laughs> okay. Yes. Of course, the people talking about interviewed are going to go tangent galore. That's what we do. That's what makes a good guest to be able to speak coherently on their subject matter, right? I th- which you've all proven today very well. Anastasia, where can people find you? They can find me at accessspeakers.biz, B-I-Z, not .com, slash thank you. And if they go to that, that's also an example that you can use. If you are using interviewing as a marketing strategy, it's very helpful to have one page that has all of your information. So you can just direct people to that. So if you just go to accessspeakers.biz slash thank you, my social media things are in there. Well, actually, I only do LinkedIn nowadays, to be honest. So Lynn, I obviously love LinkedIn. That's why I mentioned it. Uh, and you could also get my ebook on using speaking and or podcast guesting. It's, it's very applicable to grow your business. So you can find me there. Awesome. Okay, so we've got your link. We've got Liz's link. And we have... Julie's link. So, and again, and my link, um, and you can learn more about, so if you go to the devmethod.com slash blog, you get the recaps. If you go to the devmethod.com slash goals, you learn about how I can help you figure out what you want and how to get it or make plans for uh, the conferences that you're attending. And you can uh, follow me. I'm at the dev method everywhere, everywhere. And every Monday, I am here on your favorite social media platform, uh, chatting with amazing guests. And then on Thursday, it magically becomes an episode of the Dev Show podcast, which you can subscribe to on your favorite podcast platform. Okay, before we wrap, I would love one final tip from each of you. Uh, Liz, what is your final tip? Take a picture if you're on an interview so you can post it on Instagram or LinkedIn. That's my tip. And I just took a picture of you all. So FYI. (laughs) Excellent. Um, Take a picture during the interview um, to post on social media. Love it. That's great. What about you, Anastasia? Well, I also recommend, in fact, I do a print screen, so I've already done it. Hope you all don't mind, but I figure we're all about visibility, right? So I, uh, okay, so I I hate to say this because it kind of ruins the surprise for you, but I always do a private thank you note to a host after the fact. Nobody gets anything in snail mail these days. And I also put in just a little, like a little tiny gift in there also to show my appreciation, something that's related to podcast guesting and podcasting. So I do feel the best practice or etiquette, if if you will, goes a very long way and helps a person to remember me. So I would suggest that you do that. I love that. That's lovely. And you're right. People, and they don't even get bills in the mail anymore, right? (laughs) 
So imagine getting something good in the mail. Even better, right? Love it. And Julie, what is your final tip? So my final tip would be to, if there's a show that you are interested in being a guest on, is to leave a rating and a review, obviously five star, uh, because they're hard to get, right? And so any love that you can show the podcast host by giving an authentic review of what you like about their show and who it's for goes a long, long way. So that's a great way to thank the host too. That's fantastic. And it's another way to show up be visible and be valuable. And the the tip that I that you, I think has been alluded to but hasn't been said outright is be a good guest. When you are a good guest, they are going to invite you back again and again and they're going to refer you to other people. So I think the best the best getting interviewed tip I could give is be good at your job, which is to share things and then develop the relationships to see what comes of it later. Wow, what an amazing conversation. I have to thank you again, Julie Fry, Liz Kelly, and Anastasia Lipsky for this wonderful conversation on getting interviewed. And if you're watching live or the replay or listening, thank you for choosing yourself and your goals and your goal of getting interviewed. You have everything you want in your power. We know you can do it. So Go on out there and go for it. Thanks for listening to The Dev Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Dev Method on social media, and check out thedevmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.